Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at BlueRoseMag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ben. How are you? Doing great. So we've got John Bernardi from 25 Years Later site on the show today to talk about his new article, Understanding Season 3, How the Fireman Brings Back Some Memories. Let's just get into it. All right, we're on the phone with John Bernardi. He's the associate editor of 25 Years Later site. Hi, John. Hey there. So you recently had an article that you can't put out, Understanding Season 3, How the Fireman Brings Back Some Memories. And that's why we have you on the show to talk about this article. It's a doozy. <laughs> yeah. It's a mammoth. It's a huge, yeah. huge article. I mean, I, I'm impressed with, with, with the detail and, and what you put together. It, it's quite an article. Well, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a monster, and like it, it took me about two months just to be able to get it to the point where it was readable. And I mean, I, I ran a past a bunch of uh, at, uh, 25 years later, and uh, you know, it's like, is this actually all necessary? Like, is there, <laughs> is there anything that shouldn't be in here? And uh, yeah, nobody could unmarry it from itself. So. Uh, here we are. And I, you know, I'm reading it, I was kind of like, it, it started taking me in other places too. So it's like, it's one of those things that you bring so much information. It's like, oh, well, what about this? And what about that? So, I mean, you can keep going. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about Twin Peaks is that there's these theories and these things and it can just go all over the place. And, and John, you've done a great job in the past, either with your earthquake uh, theory and uh, it, yeah, I can't, yeah, let's get into this. Let's talk about, can you go section by section and we can talk about the article? Essentially, I started out with memory because, I mean, everybody was forgetting things, um, you know, like uh, the, um, oh my gosh, the, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Gordon Cole needed a Monica Bellucci dream to remember yeah. a scene from Fire Walk <laughs> with me that we're all pretty familiar with. And last night, I had another Monica Bellucci dream. I was in Paris on a case. 
Monica called and asked me to meet her at a certain cafe. She said she needed to talk to me. When we met at the cafe, Cooper was there, but I couldn't see his face. Monica was very pleasant. She had brought friends. We all had a coffee. And then she said the ancient phrase. We're like the dreamer. Dreams, and then lives inside the dream. We are like the dreamer who dreams, and then lives inside the dream. I told her I understood. And then she said, But who is the dreamer? A very powerful, uneasy feeling came over me. Monica looked past me and indicated to me to look back at something that was happening there. I turned and looked. I saw myself. I saw myself from long ago in the old Philadelphia offices listening to Cooper telling me he was worried about a dream he had. Gordon, it's 10.10 a.m. on February 16th. I was worried about today because of the dream I told you about. And that was the day Philip Jeffries appeared. Gordon! And didn't appear. Philip, is that you? Philip? Cooper, meet the long-lost Philip Jeffries. You may have heard of him from the Academy. And while Jeffries was apparently there, he raised his arm and pointed at Cooper and asked me, Who do you think that is there? Damn, I hadn't remembered that. Now this is really something interesting to think about. Yes. I'm beginning to remember that too. So like, why would he forget that? And why would Albert forget it? Uh, you know, so basically I started this whole mess because I wanted to figure out why people were forgetting things and what the whole deal with memory was. Um, so I, I kind of figured out there were three different kinds of memories. There's the memories and structures, you know, like haunted houses, you know, the typical thing, like where the walls remember, you know, like a, a you know, everything from a grandma walking up the stairs, like, you know, every, every night around 1130 mm. to, you know, it remembers like a murder that happened, you know, yeah. <laughs> and the walls just kind of replay it. And uh, I mean, you know, horror movies, they do that all the time, all the time. And, you know, you hear about like ghost hunter shows, you know, about how spirits just kind of do this loopy thing all the time. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's one kind of way that like, you know, physicality remembers things. And then, you know, people, you know, we remember it in our bodies, you know, like we, um, you know, the, the way I put it in the article was that, you know, like you just had a job interview. What do you do? Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, from the first minute after it's over, like you start kind of replaying moments mm -hmm. in your head, you know, like, Oh man, what would I have done here? What should I have done here? Uh, what did a, you know, like what kind of outcome would that get? And, you know, like you're just replaying it in a loop. So, I mean, you're not really, you know, uh, the, the mind isn't really that much different from a haunted house in that regard. And, um, then, um, then there's, uh, the next section that I did was memories and dreams. 
And this is where it definitely gets Lynchian in particular. Um, because you know, it seems like in Twin Peaks that you know the the memories that you make in a dream stay in the dream somehow, mm-hmm. and um, you know essentially, um, you know, uh, in in the initial um, in in season one, you know, Cooper's getting whispered to by Laura, and um, you know uh, he he calls up Harry right afterwards saying, "I know who killed <laughs> Laura Palmer because of you know what he got whispered to in his ear." And of course, the next morning we all know that he forgot and he can't remember. So again, memory, you know, like from from that moment forward, right, memory has just been this huge uh, kind of mechanic in this town. Uh, that is worth figuring out and it does seem to have kind of rules but uh yeah it's uh it's just tricky and breaking it down into those three pieces uh you know the the physical the the body and kind of the this dream soul world um that's kind of how i started to uh to delineate and then from there this whole article kind of took its shape that's um, awesome. yeah the yeah I was going to say, like, going in that memories and structure, structures, something I've been thinking about for a while, I think I was talking to John Thorne, and I was hoping he'd write an article, but I'm just going to bring it up mm-hmm. now. <laughs> this whole idea. Yeah. There's a whole thing with, with Sarah Palmer where she's calling for Laura, and of course there's the original one is in the pilot where she's she's mm-hmm. going up the stairs looking for Laura, time to go yeah. time, time to go to school. And then, again, in, in the episode two, uh, Cooper has a dream, and the whole fire walk with me poem, but in that there's also... Sarah calling for Laura, and this happens again in yeah. this happens again in, in the second episode of the second episode of season two. There's a, he has another dream about mm-hmm. the owls are not what they seem, and and there's Sarah calling. Yeah, and then Brian and I we saw Firewalk with Me on the big screen. I yep. well, I can't remember when that was. It was summertime or something. Summertime, and we could hear the sound of Sarah calling for Laura again. When right after Annie is in the bed with Laura, she gets yeah. up and there's that sound. <sighs> and then we have. Of course, Carrie at the house, part yeah. 18, and, and there's pa- Sarah calling. And all of these are directed by David Lynch, so it's not like it's even a different mm-hmm. person. And there is a, that, that haunting feeling, and it's mm-hmm. dreamlike, and it's, it is memories, but it's not memories, I guess, because I don't know if, if Laura was there to, to witness that. But there's something happening, and I question whether is it, is it Sarah trying to speak to Laura, Carrie, or is it Cooper that is the dreamer that is experiencing this? But I don't know. You talking about being haunted in this haunted house made me think yeah. about uh, Sarah Palmer. And that, and and I don't have it all worked out, and that's why I want John Thorne to do more about it. But it's, there's, some, <laughs> there's, a haunt, there's some kind of haunted feeling, and it seems like dreams. It seems like there could be a memory yeah, but there isn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to share that, but I, I I love the way you structured and built this, and and I also thought about how you kind of talk about the Palmer House being a haunted house, and Brian yeah. Brian and I when we were first doing the show, Brian would say that mm-hmm. the Palmer House is haunted. Yeah. Right? Oh my God, it's so long ago. Yeah, <laughs> I I heard about that every once in a while, and like Ali Sharaba she, on our site, she uh, she has a good one called uh, Oh my gosh. Uh, what is going on in this house mm-hmm. and it's all about like the liminal status of the the palmer house and everything and like you know one, once i figure out it's like oh man this is like a ghost story yeah, <laughs> and you know again yeah. you know a, a haunted a haunted house and i mean that the way that um houses absorb memories i mean it i think the house remembers uh, sarah calling for laura that morning i like that and yeah. i think it I, I think it could just be as simple as it's a haunted house 
it absorbed that memory. It was a strong impact of a memory. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all remember it. It's been in film over and over again. The film reinforces the memory into the house. I mean, like uh, David Lynch himself reinforces it into the house every time he's the director. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I, I think it could just be as simple as that. Like it doesn't have to be Sarah reaching out. I mean, it can yeah. be because it's Twin Peaks and there's like 14,000 different directions you can take any one particular detail. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't even have to go into the supernatural that much. You know, you just know like what what you know our world thinks of as a haunted house mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could just yeah. be as simple as that. And I do end up looping back to there by the end of this article with Carrie. I really think that the house just remembers Sarah calling the, to wow. Laura that morning. That's cool. And you know, in, in Gothic literature, uh, it's common for the house to be represented as um, characters' psychological state. So, like, if it's in decay and if it's ruined, it's kind of like that person is kind of ruined. Yeah, I don't know. It's in her house was yeah. Sarah's house was like falling apart. She didn't really do much but oh, smoke absolutely. and drink. Yeah, yeah. And then your next section was the whole memories and bodies, and I think you got into that. I actually don't have yeah. anything else about that right now. But the memories and dream is a huge thing, and I guess I do feel like that's so in Twin Peaks about yeah. you know. The dreams are almost speaking these memories to people. Um, you you started to say, yeah. John, you started to go into this about how you know Cooper gets whispered to in his dream, and you mentioned in this article that it's it takes all the way till I think episode sixteen where Leland uh, gets his favorite gum and he tr yeah. he triggers. Yeah, he needs a memory trigger. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I love the way you said that. It's just like colon dash close parentheses capital A capital L capital L. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a memory trigger. Right. Mm -hmm. What? Are, that's really cool. And so I'm wondering is like in season three, Laura again whispers to Cooper, and I questioned whether Cooper yeah. even remembers what she said to him, and if she he no. didn't remember, what is it? What trigger is it going to take for Cooper to remember? what Laura said and I, and I also want to point yeah. out that you you're not calling her Laura in your article you you believe the the woman in the lodge is actually Carrie you're yeah. Carrie, a Carrie yeah, person I, like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you figure I mean I, I think I think you and you, uh, you guys and John Thorne actually did cover this like explicitly but like you know they went through like all these painstaking steps to make Laura look like Laura from Fire Walk with me in, you know, part 17 in the forest. Mm, and yep. why in the world wouldn't they do that for Lodge Laura in season three? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's her hair. Her hair is the same. She has Carrie's hair at the end. Yeah. Carrie Page's hair. She looks yeah, exactly, exactly like Carrie Page. And that's that was yep. my point, too. You have the hair because when we saw her in the Red Room last she looked like Laura Palmer. Yeah. She had Laura long oh, blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah I, and I, that I pretty much goes into the next section of my article too, with uh, with uh, Trump uh, with Tulpa. You know, the the whole Tulpa thing. Like, I think Carrie Page is a Tulpa. I mean, she you know takes her face off and everything mm -hmm. like that. You know, she's got she's nothing but energy basically. And um, one thing that I've um, one thing that I've essentially come up with here, and I'm not saying I'm right, obviously, <laughs> you know, but I have to come up with some sort of mechanic to, you know, be able to explore what I'm trying to with memory. And this is one thing that I came up with was that tulpas are basically personified trauma. Hmm. So memories and dreams, essentially Red Room, all that stuff ends up operating under like sort of a dreamish logic. 
know, theosophy has kind of an angle on that where like basically like leave for a higher astral uh, plane mm-hmm. when you're dreaming. And we know that uh, Frost uh, highly, you know, he brought in a whole bunch of theosophy into the mythology of season two. And then uh, Lynch had Ronnie Rocket, which is basically, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like there, there's one dimension and then there's a, another dimension that we live in. And like, you know, these, uh, these people basically want to get from one dimension to another. And honestly, it's been a long time since I've read the Ronnie Rocket script at this point. So I'm like, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to hit all the marks on that one anymore. But um, I just want to say about that, Ronnie Rocket, um, r- r- real yeah, quick about Ronnie Rocket. Just to say that, like, you know, we love our Sycamore Trees song. We play it on, at the beginning of every one of our shows. That Those lyrics yeah. originally came from the first, I think the first draft of Ronnie Rocket. Oh, really? So a girl actually says these words about the Sycamore Trees and I'll see you and you'll see me and all this. But it's funny that, like... I didn't realize that till maybe I mean, last year or so. I was looking over Ronnie Rocket and I saw those words. It's like, wow, Lynch pulled these words and he brought it into wow. episode twenty nine of Twin Peaks. Where I mean, he does that all the time too. Yeah. Though he takes these ideas he's had mm-hmm. and he kind of brings it somewhere else. But mm-hmm. I, have to, but it is a really yeah. trippy, <laughs> a trippy script and <laughs> something that unfortunately every yeah. produced. But it's kind of a it's a trippy script in that it's like. It's like prototype of season three, kind of like how Blue Velvet was the prototype of season one. Yeah, it's true. It's just, it it has a lot of like backbone for all the weird, uh, you know, electricity stuff that Lynch has been doing his whole career. But uh, especially in season three, like all the, all the electricity going through the lines and everything. I mean, basically uh, Ronnie Rocket is like this guy who can kind of control electricity and um, it seems like electricity is kind of subbed in, kind of like how Hawk has it. You know, it's like it's, it's like this life energy, or like you know the 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 energy of the the all or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, and um, yeah. Okay, so electricity is like that, and um, basically, like the people that are trying to kill Ronnie Rocket don't want to kill him in the city. Or, I mean, they, they don't want to kill him away from the city because then he'll become a memory. Like, they specifically say that line. And that seems to me to be really important to, like, how Lynch thinks of memories. Yeah, and, I love um, that. I love that. And I think the, the only way they have, they have to kill him in the dream world or something, or <clears throat> another world, right? They can't do mm-hmm. I think I love that idea of, like, if you kill him in the real world, they become a memory. And it's almost like they become more powerful, almost like a godlike or something that, like, they're... Yeah. <laughs> they live on forever. <laughs> I, I, I love that idea. Yeah. But I think that that's kind of also applying to this, uh, this version of Twin Peaks. Like, I think, like, basically, if you're killed and you are brought into the room, you know, through an owl ring or whatever, because um, I, I think it basically happened to Diane and Laura. That, you know, like when they were killed, they, um, they left behind a tulpa in the lodge Hmm. and, you know, Diane, the one that's in Philly that Albert picks up that ends up becoming the, I mean, that ends up being revealed as the tulpa. I think that's the same thing that happened to Carrie. You know, it's like they both got basically born in the lodge. They're a memory that, you know, because, because it's not a physical space, it doesn't get absorbed into the walls the memory kind of takes on a life of its own and grows into this shape hmm. that ends up basically, you know, like basically like, you know, a uh, tremor grows legs 
and, you know, starts walking around and, uh, <laughs> you know, like you gotta, you gotta just, I mean, like, I, it, it's so hard to explain because it's so abstract, like yeah, the whole yeah, thing, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like I, I spent two months writing this thing and I still can't <laughs> even talk about it. No, you're making <laughs> a lot of sense. I mean, it's part of his heart to think of Laura, uh, the, uh, Laura in the Lodge as being a tulpa. Like, I want to always believe she's real, but it is, <clears throat> I definitely see what you're saying. She takes off her face and it's just light. And she says, you know, like she said before, I feel like I know her, my arms bend back and, and yeah. I am her, but I'm not her. And it's like, yeah, yeah I can kind of see that and, she could be a tulpa. And, wow. Yeah, and it, it's like the abstracted trauma that Laura had to leave behind on the, the impact of her death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not exactly, you know, like a nuclear bomb going off that rips holes between realities or anything like that. But, I mean, the impact of that particular kind of death involving the Owlring symbol, involving, you know, everything supernatural, involving Bob, um, all that stuff. Like I, I totally believe that that would be able to manifest trauma as a thing all its own. Yeah. Do you think Ray would have a tulpa since he wore the <clears throat> owl ring and we find him in the, uh, in the red room? I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, he he showed up in the red room. Yeah. Which is interesting. Maybe he was a tulpa the whole time. Yeah. No, well, but he, I, I don't think that. But I think you know maybe that. Because his body stayed on Earth, but you know he still showed up on the floor of the uh, of the of the waiting room. So I mean, I don't see any reason why that wasn't just the creation of a tulpa. And the next section you had is the weakened barrier between two worlds. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. So the <laughs> so basically, like you know, we we have the way memory works, but why is it so wonky in Twin Peaks? Well, it's because all the barriers are basically broken down between the worlds. And I know this is basically what I, what I came up with with my, uh, my earthquake timequake uh, mechanic is basically like there's the, uh, the higher dimension of, you know, the lodge spaces and our physical dimension. Um, and they basically like interact with each other and scrape across each other. And like every time, um, every time there is an interaction, you know, like whether it's through the Alcave ring or just like meeting a lodge denizen or whatever, there's like a friction that's caused by it. And so like basically our world is a tectonic plate and their world is a tectonic plate. Mm. And um, every once in a while the plates shift. And um, since the final dossier, I kind of got this idea that like maybe the uh, the impacts were so strong around portals that basically like part of the lodge pushes into our space and part of our space pushes into the lodge space. So like it ends up becoming like this, this kind of nested reality or a layered reality. And, um, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like we're the screen and the, uh, the lodge, uh, the lodge universe or whatever the, the lodge dimension is projected on top of us like a veil. Mm, totally. it, it's something kind of like that. And, um, you know, it's it's not that, you know, we're in multiple dimensions. It's not anything like that. It's just the fact that um, we're being influenced by this other reality that's just kind of like flowing through us, around us. Uh, and uh, we're flowing around and, you know, within and on top of too. And, um, you know, like every every weird little dream logic kind of thing that happens in the lodge space, we're actually kind of privy to. Uh, being being in this uh, 
being in this physical world. And I mean, it's messing with everybody. And I think that's why everybody's forgetful. You know, it's not just the, the lodge people or the people that are trying to remember their dreams anymore. Now it's, you know, just everybody doing it all the time. And, um, you can kind of see like trauma, like coming to life too, you know, like, you know, the, the screaming, ah, lady who has the zombie kid <laughs> next to her that Bobby Briggs looks in, you know, it's like, yeah. I think that's kind of like a manifestation lodge style of like that one woman's, uh, own pain, you know, kind of brought to life on um, yeah, the wow. physical world. Yeah. I mean, just simple things like that. Like, I mean, it's, why else would it be in there other than, you know, it's a barometer of this is kind of what's happening in the town at large. Right. Just, I like, like how you mentioned uh, the hum the yeah. hum of the Great Northern. And I, I don't know if we've ever said on the show, but of course that same hum is in episode 27 where yes. Ben Horn looks yeah. back and stuff. But it's that that hum is the portal. <clears throat> mm-hmm. it's, it's the other yeah. world kind yeah. of interfering a little bit with yeah. our world. And, Bleeding through. Yeah. And I love you, you Yeah, bring it's, up, a, it's a lowered barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Um. To go into the parallel things, someone on Reddit had posted this, and I've noticed, I don't know who it was, so I give them full credit on finding this, and it's got me thinking, and maybe maybe you thought about this, Sean. Um, So Mm -hmm. someone found, in Firewalk With Me, Laura Palmer walks over to the mantle uh, above the fireplace. No, Mm -hmm. I think she's getting drugs or money or something where someone keep a stash of something and the way she does it she she holds her hands and it's almost not exactly but almost the same way she presents her hands i think it was in 29 when she says meanwhile um which is interesting and then when she does the point it, it's all done backwards, mm-hmm. obviously, in the Red Room. She does the point, yeah. and she points down. And Firewalk yeah. with me, it's almost the same point when she's – her and her friend, are, they're at the table, and the two guys, and she's yeah. topless, and she mm-hmm. does the point. No. Oh. And someone on Reddit pointed that out. They're like, those are almost exactly the same. And it's interesting because, you know, Lynch wouldn't just tell Cheryl, Cheryl Lee to point – there's a way you got to do it. Mm-hmm. He has that in his mind. Yeah. So I feel like it's what you said makes total sense because I would love to watch the Red Room stuff in particularly and yeah. then see if you see Laura do similar actions in the real world that she's done. Mm. And those two are good <laughs> oh, examples. Those two are very good examples. I, I mean, they're not... They're, they could be a stretch, I guess, but when you watch them side by side, you're like, wow, that's, yeah. mm-hmm. that's, that's, it can't be a coincidence. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. John, what I like is that you also bring up, I thought it was about these portals, but maybe go more to about Audrey and, and having a baby. I don't want to give it away because I want you to talk about it. But. Audrey having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could find that spot. Um, well, I think it's Audrey's own body yeah, okay. became a lodge portal. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just read that section. All right. um, at the crux of a nexus point is Audrey Horn. She is literally caught between worlds more than anyone else because Doppel Cooper did not bring her to the lodge to put her in a lodge adjacent space. She was already there. 
in a coma when Doppelcooper and Bob raped her in the hospital. She never let the trauma turn her into a tulpa because she remained herself, as Audrey always does, nor was she meant to be a tulpa before the last-minute course correct of Audrey's character during the season three's filming. Uh, Audrey's tulpa does not haunt the physical space. Audrey's life bodily haunts lodge-adjacent space. How do we know she's caught between worlds? The exact dialogue between her and Charlie as she loops about needing to go to the roadhouse. Then there's her break from the roadhouse when she gets there, when she dances to the song titled after her. Not only does she jump to another location as she mentally has a breakthrough, the music plays backwards from there. Her POV went strictly into the physical world, and the roadhouse began sounding like it's from the lodge playing backwards. Why is Audrey so attuned to this where it's vague with everyone else? Because she's also a portal. When she gave birth to Richard Horn, her own body became a lodge portal. Love it. Yeah, love that's it. That I makes, think that's really crazy, you, but I love it. You made that role so yeah. much better. I mean, uh, it, it kind of <laughs> goes with a lot, a lot of what we thought about other things with her character, meaning more than mm-hmm. yeah. on the surface. But to have the, the to have this, uh, the Mister C's son in Audrey, I mean, that's where you mm-hmm. have yeah. something that's already supernatural or from another world, or uh, yeah, I love it. I like yeah. the idea. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that's a great theory. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I really think there has to be something to it. Like you know, like I I realized that you know a lot of that was kind of built after the fact, but I mean it's it's still part of a whole. I mean, like uh, uh, Frost in one of his AMAs on Reddit, he he would talk about how like for how many months is it like over three months? Like Lynch and Frost would just like literally just talk about like the overall logic of the place, mm. and um, you know, like they. They got that kind of figured out so that regardless of, you know, what Lynch does with season three and whatever Frost will do with his books, like they're they're all operating under the same kind of rules. Yeah, totally. So I think the way that the Audrey got kind of uh, repurposed in season three kind of implies a lot of things about the undercurrents. Totally. I agree. Yeah. So the next section is Black Lodge from Boom to Bust. Do you want to get into that? That's kind of the same, the same general. Well, I, what I can take from the, um, yeah, what I can take from that is one of the things is you seem to be talking about. Well, I I made a note say that is Judy just the evil that men and women do? Like is it, like because oh, you seem yeah. to be indicating to me that whether is Judy real or is this some kind of um, red herring? Is yeah, she, yeah. Judy's a place. Yeah, because for one thing, I just can't like me personally. I can't get a bead on this whole Judy thing. Like I just think. I mean, it, a lot of people are saying it's kind of a retcon, and I kind of think it is, uh, but purposely. I mean, but you know, purposefully a retcon. Um, I'll probably get to that later. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll have to. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't really know what Judy is, other than like, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of applying the old Bob metaphor on the Judy. You know, like is Judy, you know, just like the the force of darkness. Um, like it is is like Judy a personified um, lodge basically yeah, like yeah. you know is, is Judy is, is, does Judy basically sub out for the word black lodge the way everybody um, you know like all the kids who seem to be kind of in touch with other spaces you know it's like you know you take drugs you change your you, you basically change the frequency of your brain right mm-hmm. and what what I'm thinking is that basically the black lodge is the invading party. 
that it's not just all lodge space. It's like the Black Lodge is the, the particular part of the space that's creeping out through all the portals. You can kind of see it with people like Steven and the Roadhouse Kids. You know, it's like everybody's everybody's got this out of control appetite and they're looking for satisfaction but you know the golden circle just doesn't work because mm-hmm. you know the appetite just overwhelms everything and like everything you've ever heard about the black lodge it kind of feels like people are kind of doing that and um that's why i'm kind of giving the black lodge credit for being the particular uh, you know lodge space that's mm-hmm you know, coexisting with our space right now. Yeah. And I wish I remember the exact way you phrased it, but you were kind of thinking like Judy was like almost not a real shape. Like she was not, I forgot the way you phrased it, but it was like this idea that it was like, you know, we see this, this thing vomiting out uh, the eggs and stuff, but it's not, is it really a real form? Is it, or is it just kind of like, Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because they call it an experiment. Yes. And I almost think that, yeah, that that's where you're going. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no, um, like, why not, why wouldn't it be an experiment if the Lodge decides to personify itself? At the point of the bomb impact, you know, there, there's this giant hole in between the realities, and how is this, like, force of just, you know, appetite going to, you know, push its way through? Well, if we're in a physical world, why not push through bodily? And, you know, kind of, like, come up with this form of this, like, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a demon or, like, whatever. I mean, but I, I kind of think of it like the way people used to argue about Bob. You know, like, was mm-hmm. he just a, an expression of, you know, the evil or not? So, you know, yeah. like, this experiment could be the personified lodge. And, you know, it's basically seeding our world and getting a foothold in. Because, you know, hey, you know, real estate, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to, if, if you're hungry for everything, you know, why not be hungry for whatever you're looking at through the, through the barrier between the worlds? Well, to bring up Judy real quick, um, it's interesting because, yeah. you know, Jeffries <clears throat> says he was at Judy's and he watched these two people sit there and he watched them for, you know, and so no, he, you're saying you know you're saying uh, is this the deleted scenes or the missing scenes? No, this is from went, Firewalk with me. Oh yeah, he says I've been to Judy's. Yeah, I've been to Judy's, and right. then we see Cooper go to Judy's or yes. Richard go mm-hmm. to physically a place called Judy's. So and are we in a dream world? We don't even know exactly. Was and now when I hear uh, Jeffrey say that line, mm-hmm. I'm brought to that place, and I, it's like what you're saying. It's like um, it's giving it a form. Uh, of Judy's, and what does that represent in that different world that they were in? Yeah, and what, the only other person we know is Carrie worked at Judy's. Exactly, so, right, yeah, which right. is mm-hmm. interesting. So did Cooper become the next Jeffries? Is he taking on this mantle uh, of whatever? But, yeah, now it's connected that for me. I just cannot not think of Judy's restaurant uh, when he says that. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Ju- the whole Judy thing... I like to just. I it's funny that it's, it's it funny how, how really. Lynch and Frost gave us more information about Judy's, but at the same time, we're still have no idea <laughs> See what, it what is. Judy's is. Yeah, I like not knowing, honestly. Yeah. So we, our next section is no one wants to die, not even a lodge. Yeah, well, this is kind of where I start to crib a uh, an idea that Jeff Jensen put out uh, on the EW's The Twin Peaks podcast, where basically Bob is this character who's basically the guy who goes out in the world, gets the Garmin Bosia, 
sends it back home to the lodge so that they can eat. You know, I mean, it's basically, you know, he has one particular job to do on this world, according to the Black Lodge people. And um, they basically want to keep their Bob. Like, this is why they've decided to take Laura from the time stream. Because if Laura isn't killed by Bob and therefore kind of defeating him at the same time, then basically Bob is still in Leland, still kind of, you know, kept in his role. Whereas if, you know, if Laura does die, then you're talking about, you know, you're talking about eventually he takes a ride in Dale Cooper's doppelganger and then goes AWOL. Mm. And, um, <laughs> you know, like you, you can kind of see that in season three, like the lodge isn't really doing that well. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you got the little man from another place, like evolving into another form. I mean, it, it's, things are changing. There. Yeah. And it's not necessarily something that they want. I don't think. And, you know, you got Philip Gerard basically trying to keep Cooper safe because I think, you know, they, okay. So there's, there's the thing where the doppelganger and Dale know kind of what each other feels all the time. Like they, they are able to share like some sort of experiential memory because like if nothing else, like, you know, the, the, the image of Cooper Dougie looking in the mirror in the Jones house, you know, like expecting like, see Bob you know almost almost expecting to see Bob or or maybe even his doppelganger or something like that you know it seems it seems like he understands what has happened to him and things that the doppelganger knows so basically I'm thinking that because of that they kind of have to trick uh doppelcooper into falling into a trap so like they have to kind of do Sutterfuge, and this is why I think uh, Judy could be technically a red herring. Like, you know, like I, I could see Philip Jeffries, you know, planting the memory in uh, Dale before he goes to Twin Peaks in the Firewalk with me scene, you know, because like, that's the first time you hear about Judy. That's the only time you hear about Judy until yeah. season three. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I, I could totally see that being like, you know, the first tease of this whole Judy thing and like getting Dale like to to need or to need to protect or something. You know, this will give Doppel Cooper something to think about. Yeah, so what I think, it's only in one sense you just explained it that I'm maybe understanding it more because in your article you're talking about how the denizens were kind of maybe inventing an unofficial version for dale cooper to go on a quest yeah. to find judy and now i'm kind of seeing you what you seem to be implying is that maybe jeffrey's uh no, yeah jeffrey's maybe was part of that tricking of having him come to the fbi and say hey there's a judy and we got to get more information about judy yeah. which kind of sets it off and i didn't get that until you just told me this like oh that makes more sense now it was yeah. it was almost it was and almost like jeffries is is impl- implanting false memories or false ideas to yeah. kind of yeah oh. i'll let you go off yeah that, he's yeah. Get, he's getting the uh, the unofficial version rolling right then wow that, yeah like, that's really cool yeah yeah, yeah that, it, that's kind of what i think anyway because like why else would jeffries even know about an unofficial version you know if he didn't have something to do with it so i kind of think that like the the monica bellucci dream that made uh, gordon cole remember all this and then he could do the the part 17 retcon that everybody's kind of nervous about yeah. <laughs> you know it's like he, he could do that because he remembered it in a dream and the dream kind of led him into this weird unofficial layer lodge layered reality version you know it's like the the lodge version that's 
on the veil over the physical world. Um, that's the stuff that Cole remembers at that particular moment because he was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in part 17, you know, there's the whole thing with uh, Cole talking to Albert and saying about how I did, I did, I, sorry, I kept this from you for 25 years, but before Major mm-hmm. Briggs went missing, there, there, there was a whole plan to basically stop Judy and stuff. And I thought that was an interesting thing that there, so it's something we had. We had Jeffries, and then Cole and mm-hmm. and Cooper have been talking about like that's what our plan is. We got to go do this. We got to stop them. And and Cooper even goes into like if I get go missing, you know, you got to find me, and I got to stop. You know, the whole uh, was it two two birds with one stone mm-hmm. thing. So it's interesting yeah. to see that seems to be the quest that they're going on. It is this mission, but you're saying it's a red herring that there is that this. Yeah, I think I think that whole mission is a red herring, and that that's the unofficial version that Jeffries was telling Dale about. Now, but the funny thing is then Jeffries actually lets him go to 1989 to, uh, maybe we'll get there. It's getting slippery in here. We'll get get to that point. Maybe we should wait on that. But I know at some point we're going to have to talk about Cooper uh, getting Laura and stuff. Um, I I love in your article, too, about how you kind of show, again, Cooper being this white knight and that, like, oh, he's the agent who wanted to crack the Lindbergh case and how he he didn't feel like he actually saw Laura Palmer case and that maybe he had this feeling of, like, oh, yeah, I'll go on this mission because maybe then I can really save Laura. Mm -hmm. Like, he can't get it out of his head that he has to save this girl and stuff. And I I like that. That's a great point. And him being in basically the Black Lodge, I'm I'm calling the Red Room the Black Lodge yeah. because I mean, as far as I can tell, they're they're related enough where they may as well be. Right. So like everybody in the Black Lodge kind of has that whole appetite thing going for them, and you know, it's like basically worldly concerns. You need to keep going. You need to survive, and um, you know, it's like a worldly concern. Uh, for Dale would be, I want to crack that case. You know, it's like, and you know, his his landlords are basically concerned about all these worldly sort of things. So he he kind of feels that vibe and he goes with it. And you know, he's he's very worldly at this particular point too. And so, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, not even necessarily hubris, but hubris is part of the equation. But, like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if going back in time to to solve the Laura case, save a girl, and help out his landlords to survive by getting their breadwinner back. Hmm. Uh, like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, because, okay, Bob is evil, but all those other denizens, you know, it's like, what did they ever do to anybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Cooper always sees the good in everybody. I mean, he sees the heart of gold that the Mitchens have. So, mm-hmm. you know, he sees the heart of gold that, uh, you know, Philip Gerard has. Right. You know, like, I, I don't see any reason why he would hold Bob against all the other folks that yeah. he's been living with. And I think about that scene early so, on in the new uh, season three there about where uh, mm-hmm. Mr. C is in that motel and he's talking to who he thought was Phil. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's Jeffrey's, and he says, "I will yeah. be back with Bob again in the Black Lodge." And so it's like it does. You're right. It does to me. It seems like the Denonies do want to get Bob back. Like that it seems to be maybe yeah. their major goal. Yeah. 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 So they want to get him back at the end and at the beginning. You know, it's like they they need to get Bob out of uh, out of Doppel Cooper. So that he can come back in the lodge, the you know the uh, basically I think Bob basically ran a scam uh, with Dale in episode twenty nine. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's like he he <laughs> he ran a legally binding 
sole borrowing or, you know, like wh- whatever kind of transaction he made, you know, it's like I will take yours instead, you know, that, that whole, yeah. that, that whole sole thing. You know, it's like, I, I think Bob did that legally, but against the wishes of the rest of the, the tribe. He seems, so, yeah, know, the like, rebel. I, I he was think, a rebel. Um, even if I walk yeah. the missing pieces there, there yeah. there's definitely a, a sense that mm-hmm. Bob is kind of a rebel and they're like, oh, we want all of our... Uh, Garvin Bozy. <clears throat> right, but it seems like that he's he's kind of a rebel and goes off on his own. Right, you yeah. probably did figure out yeah. that if he, he could have Cooper's soul that he could maybe get out of the lodge and... Mm-hmm. and yeah, he didn't yeah. want to work for the man anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame him. The next yeah, section... He wants to go on vacation. Uh... <laughs> The next section is the fireman believes in balance. You make some great points about uh, about purple and how Jacoby's lenses, mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you know, his red and blue, yeah. kind of make purple, Ooh, and that's nice. like a balance. And I, I like that. Yeah. So basically, um, there's this Black Lodge plan to get their Bob back, and you know, basically continue existing in their expansionist kind of way. You know, I mean, they, they've they've got this great new toehold on the world. And um, everything's going pretty great. You know, it's like all, all they want to do is be able to get more Garambosia from this whole thing. And mm-hmm. it'll actually work. But the fireman sees all this stuff. And, you know, it's like all all the fireman ever seems to want to do is maintain balance. You know, I mean, he he has his agents and everything. But, you know, it's like he's not your friend. He just he just wants to achieve you know, uh, a certain balance uh, through the whole thing. And he, and through balance comes an evolution. So like he does want us to be able to make decisions that make us evolve as, you know, like you, we actually see with Major Briggs, uh, as we see with Nadine, as we see with, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you get, you get evolutions from the big to the little, even in the lodge, you know, the, the arm is now a tree, you know, <laughs> yeah. to achieve balance is to facilitate evolution. So, you know, the fireman basically wants to put the barrier back between the lodge space that's intruding on the physical space. Because, I mean, obviously, it's not doing anybody any favors in season three to have this kind of crossover. You know, all this bleed through from the portals is just messing with everybody. So the fireman basically wants to... Uh, fix things and just get it back to kind of where it was. You can see it with purple all the time. And, um, Jacoby, I know he's a joke and I've been, uh, I've been kind of poking at his whole story for a while now, but I totally believe that his is the message of Twin Peaks. You know, it's like basically recognize what's in front of you, shovel yourself out, and then you can evolve. Yeah. And that's all the fireman's doing. That's basically all you ever hear from. I mean, like even even the way Frost is online, you know, mm. <laughs> like he, he seems to want people to be able to recognize where we're at and then, you know, overcome. You know, it's like I, I really think that um, just in general, like that's the message of the show is like, you know, like recognize your trauma and overcome it. And mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with like coming to a point of balance within yourself so that you can recognize exactly where you're at and then you can find the ladder out. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. And, uh, yeah. And I was going to say that. It's a lot with purple. And I like how you're, you mentioned in your article about how maybe the people are actually getting better in Twin Peaks because 
you look at Twin Peaks, it's yeah. like, oh, there's crime and there's drugs. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to look at the negative things. And you show in the article about how the Mitchum brothers are getting better. Ben Horn's getting better. The whole yeah. thing about, I mean, in your quote from your article, Nadine heals herself and finds love prospects with Jacoby while also allowing Ed to heal himself. And Norma's healing herself. And I love mm-hmm. that. It's so easy to look at the negative and seeing, oh, this place is is falling apart and but to see that there actually are people who are rising up and are getting to be a better people so i'm so glad you really uh, made shoveling that the shit yes. the, the, the love is there the <laughs> love is coming through yeah there's there's this little passage from uh margaret lanterman and uh, in final dossier uh, basically uh she says when a dark age comes just as you would at night hold the light inside you Others, I can tell you, have already learned to do the same. In time, you will learn to recognize the light in yourself and others, and in this way, you will find each other. Together, you will make the light stronger. This truth, I know, as sure as the dawn. Darkness will always yield to light when the light is strong. That totally matches up with with everything that I was writing in this thing. And I think, I mean, there's, there's no more central message than, you know, overcome trauma. Yep. Yeah. And, yep. yeah. and I, I know I was hoping yeah. that in the season three, I just wanted to see Laura overcome trauma, but I guess she really did in Firewalk with me. Yeah. I mean, she really that was did her story. Her yeah. story. But I always felt like, oh, we're going to revisit this. We're going to see her. She's going to uh, confront her dad. She's going to cr- confront her mm. mother. And it wasn't that. And I think, yeah, I, I guess it, that wasn't the story that was being told. But. It was Cooper's. Yeah. Cooper's yeah. trauma. Well, in I guess. season three. In season three, it's Cooper's trauma, but it is also Laura's trauma because I think, you know, at the very end, Carrie does confront what happened to her. Right. And does recognize it. And, like, once she acknowledges it, just like how, you know, okay, Audrey, you know, she's at a point of, uh, there's a purple background in the roadhouse. Um, she, uh, She kind of experiences this, like, this is where I am. This is who I am. Like, you know, it's, it's like a state of balance she achieves. And like, it's even in the purple lighting, you see her actually jump to a physical location rather than this lodge adjacent space. And, um, then she's not in the story anymore because the whole point of this show is acknowledge your trauma. And then the real work can begin. Yeah. So one of the things that you, John, that you mentioned in the article is you feel yeah. that Cooper screwed up. And I thought he screwed up. And lately I've been wondering if maybe he didn't screw up by trying to take Laura away. And I don't know. I'm wondering. You're saying he screwed up and the fireman is is forgiving and keeps on helping Cooper to do the right thing or go do the right thing. But I'm, yeah. I keep wondering. It's like somebody had to make uh, Laura disappear. And is that the fireman or is that... Is that just, I don't know, is that just fate? Well, or, I don't know. Well, no, I think it's a lodge adjacent space. Like, I don't think Laura actually disappeared. I just think that the veil that's over the town that everybody thinks is real, ah. she disappeared there. I see. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, like, it, it took me a while to get to, like, figure it out where I could put it in a sense. <laughs> yeah. But that's basically it because like, you know, you, you think about the end of final dossier, like, you know, like when, when Tamara Preston is in town, she's hearing this wackadoo idea that like, she's still alive, that she's a missing person. But then like, as she's flying away, like her head feels like the cloud is lifting and like, you know, she feels a lot more steady. Mm. So like, I think, I think that that's a ruse that's just literally over the town of Twin Peaks area. Wow. that has, you know, one White Lodge portal and one Black Lodge portal. And, like, you know, like, 
like there, there's like a and, and the Palmer House and like the Roadhouse and like all these places that are like massively entwined with this other uh, veil of like lodge adjacent reality. So like I don't think Laura Palmer actually did die. I just think that the town had to come to terms with the trauma that's even worse than that. You know, like basically the go- the golden orb I think is from the firemen to reintroduce the memory back into the town. I think that, um, you know, because the black orb that has Bob in it, you know, it's like nothing but moving Frank Silver images. And, you know, I mean, he even has dialogue, you know, I mean, like that's Bob inside there. But what's in the golden orb? It's the uh, the homecoming picture. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything life. It has to do with like, you know, like this is this is the story that we were presented with at the end of season two. You know, like we, I mean, uh, the uh, the episodes like where it has absolutely nothing to do with Laura, and then you know we see the picture at the very end of, with the credits. You know, it's like remember this girl, remember the actual story. Right. You know, it's like it's never going to get too far away from there. But in this reality, where um, Cooper went in through an owl symbol back in time through lodge adjacent space, steals that version of Laura out of the the continuity. I think probably um, you know, the, the black and white Andy uh, vision that happens, the fireman brings Andy in. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. two uh, there's two angels flanking that picture of Laura. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, there there's the fire walk with me angel that takes Laura out of there. And um, then there's the uh, the angel probably, you know, like that that sound that, um, you know, they'll, they'll listen to the sounds. Mm-hmm. Um is basically probably that angel coming to take away that Laura from Cooper before he can actually finish what he thought he was going to do. Yeah. And some reason, I keep um, thinking, when I watch the show, I think that, like, when Laura is being uh, in the woods, she gets taken away, and then we have yeah. Laura in the lodge or Carrie in the lodge. I feel mm-hmm. like it's happening yeah. simultaneously. Yes. It's happening at the same time. The mirror that, yeah. effect. Yeah. Like, the mirror effect. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And I definitely don't want and to lose it. Makes this. sense. I mean, if it's veiled realities, I mean, it, it totally makes sense that it could both technically be happening that way. Yeah. And it yeah. explains two angels. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, I never thought of that. Too. Yeah. And it's duality, and so duality was such an important thing in the yeah. original series. But I don't want. I don't want you. I want to make sure that our audience knows, really understands this. When you're talking about that golden orb of the, of the fireman, and I and I maybe I could read mm-hmm. your read your quote you from your article here, but the fire Fireman sends the golden orb into the world as a living memory that can reassess physical reality truths over things. So this idea is like mm-hmm. it's not a physical thing. It's just, or the orb is actually a memory that hopefully will wake people up, that will remember, yeah. remember what it, what the official version mm-hmm. of things are. And I love that. I yep. think that's the best. Yeah. That's the best answer I've heard about this orb. Because I don't feel like Laura Palmer is going into the world. And, she's not Christ. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah she's really, not going. No. Yeah. The timelines don't make any sense. No, it's, but, yeah. it's a literal picture. I mean, it's not. It's not an entity in there. It's. It's just a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. It's the picture that Bobby sees, and he says, "Man, that brings back some memories." I yeah. mean, that right there, I think, is is a, a tipping of the hand. I think. Yeah, and, it's um, true. Like it, it just makes a lot of sense because that picture shows up everywhere. It shows up for us at the beginning of every single episode, even though Laura's not in very much of it. You know, right. I mean, you know, it's like we're always supposed to remember Laura Palmer. Yeah, you know, it's like remember, here's Laura Palmer coming through the fog again. She's you know, like yeah. it, we're 
it's like that orb is there for us. It's for the people in Twin Peaks. It's even for the lodge because like, I think the little girl who lived down the lane, that, that whole thing that like Audrey recognizes and everything, you know, it's like, that's kind of like the little girl who lived down the lane is like the audio version of that golden orb. <laughs> you, know, it's like, you, you, you see the picture and you're supposed to remember, Hey, wait a minute. She died. Yeah, you hear that, you hear that story. Like, you know, it's like, wait a minute, she died. You know, even, right. even the, uh, the evolution of the arm was starting to kind of come around to the idea that like, yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it really did happen like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> so a yeah, fairy tale I, or I, something. I, like that little yeah. girl that lived down, down no, the lane. Yeah. And it also reminds me of Firewalk With Me where uh, Leland says, you know, where were you, Laura? And I didn't see you. And Laura <laughs> says, I was down the street. <laughs> and so to me, it was almost yeah. like I'm down the lane. I'm like, yep. you know, like it's that yep. girl. It's the girl next door. That you know, that young little girl down the next door, where everybody wants to believe that she's perfect and nothing's going on, and there's no dark things happening next door, and I feel like that's yeah the fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, and it's the trigger, mm-hmm. uh, like you were saying before, it's the trigger. Uh, her picture is the trigger, yeah. and it triggers Bobby to cry, sob uh, uncontrollably, and for us yeah. all to remember. Yep. Our last section is Carrie Page and Laura Palmer, and do we want to get into that last section? So I sort of started uh, to mention earlier in this in this uh, meandering conversation <laughs> that um, you know Carrie is basically a tulpa of of Laura's trauma. So like I don't I'm not gonna go into mechanics of like how she got to Odessa or anything, but I mean there's obviously got to be a portal down there. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know like, she's got all these false memories about her own life. You know like she um, she's obviously kind of gone through her own issues and. I, I basically kind of think that there's a whole idea that I have about the actual Laura being inside American Girl, just like Diane was inside NATO. Huh. And um, they were kind of being kept safe there in a purplish space, kind of, you know, like in, in a balanced space that basically says to me, it's very much like in the White Lodge somewhere. They're being kept safe for when the Tulpas acknowledge their their issues like like how diane did and um uh my god i can't even think of the part number (laughs) but you know toward the end you know she's in there with the fbi and and she actually acknowledges he raped me you know like you know like he uh you know she 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 acknowledged like the actual trauma of that night and you know i suspect that the very next thing uh that she would have said would be and then he killed me and uh you know created a, a, a tulpa that way so I, I think like the way that Diane like eventually ended up going back to the lodge and turning into an alchemicalized piece of probably Diane. You know, I, I think that's kind of a precursor of what's going to happen to Carrie. And once the Diane Tulpa turned into the rock, she basically uh, was able to come out of NATO and come back. You know, it's like you you cannot come out until they come back in. You know, it's like that right. sort of a principle. So I think what's probably happening is because Carrie has not quite acknowledged what happened to her, uh, Laura isn't able to um, move on to her next stage. So yeah, Diane comes back out. She has that really odd uh, sex scene with Dale. Yeah. I think that's basically like the equivalent of in episode 29, Dale has to relive the night when he gets stabbed. And with, uh, you know, like when, when he and Caroline are on the floor 
And, uh, you know, like he witnesses like that near death moment where, uh, where Caroline does die like that, that was his particular moment of mm-hmm. like worst trauma that he was confronting. So I think Diane sees herself leaving that hotel. Like that's her looking at that other Diane from the car. Remember yeah, how she, yeah, uh, just, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's uh, living through that same equivalent moment, except in, instead of seeing Annie and Caroline, she's seeing Dale and Doppelcooper. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, like flip-flopping back and forth. And, like, you know, she has to acknowledge uh, what happened to her, and then um, her tulpa has to acknowledge what happened to her. Then she has to. And then once she realizes, I mean, once she lives through it, once she acknowledges where she was, she's able to move on right out of the story because the real work of healing has begun. Wow. I like that. Yeah. That's really cool. And uh, I basically think that like the very last scene of, of the show where, uh, where Cooper brings Carrie to the house, it's basically, it's, it's a lodge adjacent space as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to have to explain that right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I kind of, I kind of already have. But yeah, like yeah. I'm just counting it like it's not the real world. It's not just physical space. It's it's got that whole. Um, it's sort of lodge. It's sort of not yeah. uh, mechanics. Spirit. You did a good job in the and, article um, mentioning about the fan, and you yeah. mentioned about uh, the frame, uh, the the picture that uh, that Laura hangs up on her wall. So there's all these elements that mm-hmm. are kind of lodge elements. Yeah, like all the all the portals just within the house itself, and not to mention Sarah. Right. Because if Audrey's a lodge portal for uh, giving birth to basically Bob's offspring, then so is Sarah. Good point. Um, yeah. So yeah, like there, there's like all these portalish things to do with that house, and I don't care if it's the past or the future or the present. You know, it doesn't really matter which time they went into for this, because the whole point of bringing Carrie there is she is a tulpa. She needs to acknowledge the, she has to acknowledge what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And when the house could remember that Sarah's call of Laura, <laughs> mm. that was enough to be the colon dash, close parentheses, <laughs> capital A, capital L, capital L. You know, it's like that. It right. could be her listen to the sounds. It could yeah. be yeah, her trigger. Yeah, it's like that, that Laura in that particular tone that, that, always triggers us to the same conclusion. That was exactly what Carrie needed to be able to understand what actually happened to her rather than what uh, Cooper and the lodge kind of tried to make people believe happened. And then once she screamed, I bet any money that that particular Carrie got sucked into the lodge, finally turned into a little nugget of gold. And that one day Laura's going to have to come out of American girl and then have to like confront her own trauma head on wow. before she can evolve out of the story for good. Season four. Season four. <laughs> or a movie. I'll take yeah. a movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. I do like the Except whole American... we'll never see it because the uh, real work is happening. Uh, yeah. I do like the whole idea of the American girl being lore because you think of like your typical American girl is lore. She's Palmer. all mm-hmm. American girl. I yeah. like that. It's very nice. Well, this was such a, yeah. such a great article you did, John. I mean, it's so dense. It definitely shows that you put long oh hours yes. into this stuff. A lot of time. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
It's impressive. Yeah, well, thank you. Very. And you can go to I appreciate 20, it. 25 years later site. You can check it out. What else are you working on, John? Are you are you taking a break from this? <laughs> I know. Or? I'm exhausted <laughs> right now. I mean, you must be well, exhausted. Well, I, I needed to take a break. <laughs> this thing that uh, we've just been talking about completely derailed our, uh, fi- uh, our final dossier deep dive um, <laughs> that's happening. So, like, that's what I'm actually working on right now. And then after that, um, I'm probably going to do a series on the access guide. And, uh, like, my brain never stops. And <laughs> sometimes I wish it would, but it, hopefully it's entertaining for all of you folks. It is. It you, is. You gave us a lot to think about. Yeah. I mean, I definitely am re-looking at things and things I had never thought and put together. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much, John, for your time. Good deal. Hey, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Get me out of here. Thanks, John Bernardi, for being on today's show. This one I feel exhausted after. I am, I am beat. I mean, my head hurts. It, 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 it's, it's a huge download, huh? I mean, there's a lot to take in from yeah, this article, but it it gets you thinking, right? It Big gets, time. It gets you really like re-looking at the show, and I think uh, John makes a lot of great points. A lot of fantastic points, and this is something I said off of mic after the interview, but my favorite part about doing the show is listening to other theories and other sides of it. And it's cool because it sparks your imagination and it it could take your idea. And if you're still trying to figure it out, listening to him or Joel, it makes you almost helps you along the way, figuring it out for yourself. And that's why I love it so much. And I love what, what we get to do is listen to these people I wish I had the talent to put what I thought into words like that. Yeah, I that's such a gift. Couldn't. It is that's a, gift, a gift, and I, I I couldn't do it. Both Joel and John are both excellent at doing that. And I, with John, he you know he, he'll be reading his stuff, and he'll he'll do things where he's he he'll say something, but it also is like almost a dual meeting. Like he mm. you know he talks about uh, he talks about the arm wrestling of. Let's go back to starting position. Really much more comfortable. This article, the reset idea is too is also about balance. It's all about the balance of of your life and about these people and stuff. But he's using this arm wrestling thing as let's reset. And I love that. I love the yeah. way he plays. He's playing with it as in the, of course we know it as the arm wrestling uh, of Mr. C. Yeah. But he's always but he does that all the time. He's got a gift with the way he, he with words. And, he does. And Joel is the same way. And and it's exciting that Joel is now going to podcast. Like he's doing his his, his pod- Patreon. Patreon. And I just for a dollar. I mean, it, I I think everybody should just go. You've been raving that. about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm to get four four podcasts um um a month. With and like they're usually at least an hour long and wow. stuff, and he's got so much great information. And if you want, you could just skip to his Twin Peaks section. But for a dollar a month, I think that's just good deal. Really support support Joel. It's definitely yeah. So you know, I just want to say too is just you know, 
To read John's article, go to 25yearslatersite.com. And I always do it. You know, the way I do it is I go to About Us and go to Meet the Team. And then you see the team and you can click on John Bernardi and you'll see all his articles he's written mm-hmm. and read his article. And then I recommend checking out the rest of the, the site. Lindsay does some great stuff. We've had Laura. We've had JC. I mean, I, there's a whole list of Rob. I mean, there's so many good, talented writers on that site. And, I, and every day they're putting out great work. Yeah, it's like Twin Peaks is never over. It's on every day at that webpage. Yeah, so check it out. I yeah, mean, check it yeah. out. Listening to John, I mean, I didn't bring it up because I just want to listen to him talk. But I'll bring it up real quick before we get going. I remember a long time ago, God, I'd have to re-listen to our old stuff. But I remember saying how the the lodge was like all these elements of the cabin. You had the bird, you had the drapes, you had the music's always in the air. Yes. And, you know, John talks about the mirroring and stuff. So if Laura created this world in her mind. Right. To escape this horrific things that were happening to her, this escapism. And I almost feel like, so Laura's, this is Laura's world. And some people got in, like Cooper. She let people in, but then some people, forces are trying to get in that she doesn't want to be in there. She's trying to forget some things. Yes, and you can't forget it if these things are breaking down the walls and coming in. And it's almost like layer upon layer, like the veil, like you were saying. It's the Carrie Page. It's like she's like, I got to escape further down this rabbit hole of my mind. And then Sarah Palmer saying Laura triggers her to come back. Yeah, it's like a wake she wakes up and and yeah, she remembers yeah. again. It's like the memories flood in. John did a great job really explaining this in his article about these memories. I mean, so many of these characters in Twin Peaks have forgotten things or I mean, very bizarre. Yeah. Or yeah, it's just a, the right trigger whether it be Laura's photo or somebody yelling, calling for Laura. It's these triggers that are waking people up and and re- helping them remember. Yeah, and what if the layers upon layers if it that scream at the very end was almost identical. What if the, her screaming happened same time she screams in the the lodge being sucked up, and then you have her screaming when Cooper's walking with her? Like, all the those woods, three, right. Yeah. what if those three are connected somehow? It, maybe in all three, this layered world, they're all happening at once. I like it. I don't, you know. I like it. I it's quite possible. <laughs> it's quite I mean, possible. Anything's yeah. possible. Right. But it, it's so cool, so. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. times. My brain hurts again. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should take a rest. We should We, we should. should call it a day. Uh, you can email us at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com if you have a comment, question, or your own theory you'd like to share. Uh, we appreciate the emails. Uh, Facebook is blowing up. Uh, we, you know, we celebrated Twin Peaks Day not that long ago. People got real excited. Ben, you made a little cool thing. <laughs> Uh, which was pretty cool. Like, I didn't think about that because you had Dale Cooper driving in to Twin Peaks and then Laura Palmer saying, tonight's the night I'm going to die. But that was the night before. So, no, what I did did is I thought it would be fun was we have season three where Cooper is putting out his hand saying, let's go home. And that is happening on... On the day that Laura Palmer dies. dies. So, Laura, I mean, there's a quote about, like, today is the day I die mm-hmm. from Laura Palmer. And I uh, I think what I put up there was an image of Cooper putting his hand out, and you see Laura in the woods taking the hand, and it's, uh, today is the day I take you, you home. home. So, uh, to me, I just thought it was That's a fun play cool. instead of, like, she, maybe she doesn't die. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe today, you know, maybe today's the day you get saved and stuff. Yeah, but it was cool. I'm, I'm glad to see there wasn't as much controversy, because there is controversy in some ways because we want to believe that Laura Palmer can save herself. 
she's yes. a strong woman and she's kind of she pretty much has saved herself in the past and to have a man come and sit try to take her home i mean yeah i mean i don't even see it that way like firewalk with me we saw her she she is saved and right i i think this w- i feel like season three to me was about cooper more than laura palmer but yeah i don't think you can change the past that's how i still look at it i right. can't come to terms that he could change the past yeah I think it's for another week to yeah, figure out. Yeah, but going to what John talked about, these fake, the, right, the fake these memories, memories right, that were right. changed. So really, this is what maybe something was trying to change that. Yeah, there's like the official and the unofficial versions of the story. Yes. And, it's like, and maybe that unofficial version would be she is saved by Cooper and she disappears later on. Yeah. But that didn't really happen. I think it's for another week. It's another week, another time. Yeah. Uh, how's Twitter going? We have a great community. I mean, I, I'm always enjoying what people are posting and sharing. And, you know, our friends at 25 Years Later site, they're always getting great articles they post every every day. And, yeah, it's just I, I love the artwork. There's so much great talent in this community, and I just love them. Yeah, and I always want to mention, too, you know, the YouTube support. We have great people who are always commenting. And thank you to all everybody who's been posting. I know there was something I, I'm going to – I don't know if it exactly was this, but there was one, I think, when we had Amy – Shields on there was somebody who posted about like oh you guys should have like a million subscribers and and it was nice to hear that that, yeah. that people are enjoying it and they think that we, we we put out a great show so thank you people on YouTube yeah thank you and share with others because yeah YouTube is a Google's a tough one if we're not trending it's really yes. hard to find us you just so share if you like it just share with your friends that like Twin Peaks and maybe that will get us that and how's Facebook uh, Facebook is doing great. We're, awesome. we're kicking butt and taking names. Right, and you can also we always love that if you can give us uh, ratings on iTunes and if you can give us a review, that really helps our show out a lot. It gets other people to find our show. Yep, and you can support us by going to our T Public page. Our shirts are up there. The link's in the notes. Check that out. Um, anything you buy off the store will support the show. And with that, I guess we're out of here. See you next week. I gather that one of the films you're uh, planning, Ronnie Rocket, is, is, is really a story of American Teenage, or is that perhaps a, a, the wrong way to look at it? Well, if I ever make Ronnie Rocket and you could play back what you said, it would <laughs> be a strange, uh, strange teenager. But um, Ronnie Rocket is um, it's an absurd comedy, a frightening comedy, but it's set in a 50s uh, industrial uh, world. Uh, or a couple of different worlds and it's uh, a film about electricity and Ronnie himself is about three feet tall or maybe three and a half uh, with physical problems and and this uh, fantastic uh, pompadour red hair physical problems yes (laughs) does that mean uh, going back to a smaller scale of filmmaking this uh, Ronnie Rocket involves um, Uh, some special effects um, and it's uh, a lot of rigs so it's I think uh, compared to Dune uh, much less yes and and perhaps a a film that's that's less aimed at the the mass audience and more well it's got some fantastic uh, elements that I think people would love to see Uh, but uh, I think Eraser has has some fantastic elements and they haven't all been you know beating down the doors of the cinemas to try to uh, see that picture (laughs)